0: I will panhandle for my passions. There is no backup plan. This is the only thing that makes me happy as a person. If it's me running full stop into a brick wall over and over and over again until I break through the brick wall, I'm going to do that. There is absolutely nothing that you can put in front of me that I'm not going to go through.
1: Welcome, dear rock star. Today, I'm with Skip. Of Skip's big ideas,
0: right?
1: Yep. Oh, I'm so glad you're here.
0: Thank and you. And we have copy
1: Skip the artist. Yes. Where did that start?
0: Um. Well, before I guess it was uh, really into. I, I like to think of myself and call myself a creator, which, not to sound douchey, but just in the sense to to have it be uh, uh, artists. People people tend to label that or tend mm. to to put it in a box. Okay. And, and what it is that I do over the years is uh, I've collected all of these different mediums and, 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 and ways to be able to express ideas um, that it's kind of transcended a lot of different genres. And so uh, I feel creator really puts the nail on the head. But okay, s- so
1: that's great. So s- skip the creator right now. Tell us what skip the creator, what your business is, what that looks like.
0: I have a brand. It's called Franchise Industries. And uh, it's essentially what it is that I do, regardless of, of the medium that I'm doing, is, uh, is very satire. It's basically a lampoon. And what Franchise Industries does is it does the same thing, but in a reverse perspective. Okay. So it's the, it's the opinion, the hypothetical or imaginary opinion of the people at the top down... Looking down. Looking down.
1: And so your work right now includes what?
0: Um, Right now, it's everything from stencils and spray paint, uh, which is something that I was originally uh, kind of known for uh, with murals and doing things like that. And then um, I also do art installations. I do photography. I do woodworking. I do music and live performance. I essentially have ideas, and then I try to find the best way to present it. best medium. So it's almost like a
1: generalist as a creative. Sure. And then looking at your Specialty.
0: I would think of like, if I were if I were the fan, if I were the audience member, and I were to um, see this in, in, a, in a gallery or out in a public space, um, what would be the most captivating way? What would be the captivating size? What would be the color? All of those things, even if it's something photography or, or, or in a different medium, it's very calculated and it's very articulate. And, you know, if it requires... Wardrobe. If it requires makeup. If it requires bringing other people into projects to do electronics and you know circuitry and well, stuff like that. Well, this is like what that. you're
1: kind of known for doing: partnerships with people around the area that yeah. have a different
0: skill. No, the basis of my TV show. Is um, I get to. Even though my name is in the marquee, uh, the show is, is less about me and it's more about uh, the people in the Orlando and Central Florida area. So each show starts off with a big idea that I have. And the, the art installation that I want to build is the MacGuffin that kind of carries throughout the episode. It's the, it's the, the thing that's bringing the people together. Yeah, it's the and true. then I'll partner up with a local, um, like large event, um, local event where, where the public will be there and so that'll be the conclusion of the episode okay, when so it's there's finished an
1: unveiling
0: and then everything else in the middle is the the creation process of it um, so it documents the building of it and then uh, i bring in different people uh, who are way better at the jobs than i am i love it to so. kind of take in those responsibilities and help with the fabrication process and uh, so i've been able to collaborate with Carpenters, electricians, local businesses and organizations, um, and it's been a really rewarding process. And my goal is at the end of it, when people see it, that it's something that's a celebration of Orlando and the people that that live and work here and create here, as opposed to just me being able to put a spotlight on myself. I did this uh, uh, banana installation, a giant the, banana. The, the, one of my first big ideas actually, and it was a twenty-foot giant banana. That was uh, set atop and squishing the Chiquita banana lady underneath it. Very Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Ozish, like hands and hands and legs kind of splayed out, and fruit everywhere, all over the place. And it's it's kind of uh,
1: so the banana is also squishing other fruit.
0: Well, the fruit is just all over the floor. Basically, she was she was carrying this giant banana on her head, and it was too much for her, and it crushed her underneath it. The weight, the weight of it, right? And uh, then the whole scene was roped off like a police uh, crime scene.
1: Okay, so this is a live scene at an event.
0: Yes, and and it's called Exploita el tercer mundo, and it's got like a little banana sticker on the side of it, and it means exploit the third world. And so basically, it's it's that top down lampoon, that satire, where it takes a a very um, blue approach. But it does it so strongly that that's the satire. So,
1: talk to us. How long have you been on this creator role journey? Um,
0: well, I've always been a musician, and so what do you? What's your? Well, I do a lot of stuff now, but it started off with um, my father was a music. Um, excuse me, a minister of music, yeah, uh, in the church. Yeah, and uh, so I grew up in the Baptist church, and so with the choir, your hair and probably bands did and...
1: had a really good. My hair was shirt. a lot
0: different back then, um, but I had much more of a conservative haircut, and I was much more of a conservative person back then as well, too. But So I played in, uh, you know, I sung in the choir and did all that, and then when it came time for school, I started picking up instruments. And um, So what do you play now? play now, I play a bunch of stuff. Like? Uh, I can play keyboards and guitars and, and horn instruments and, you know, a whole lot of stuff in between. But I did the the marching band. Uh, I was a music performance and education major in college. Oh, okay, so for this a few was years. Your passion. It was my only thing that I ever thought I was going to do since I was a little kid. I just wanted to be a professional saxophone player. And, awesome, um, Kenny G. Not Kenny G, but uh, <laughs> I'm hopefully. giving
1: my age away. Hopefully,
0: no. Okay, so I know who, who was who, your
1: inspiration? <sighs>
0: Um, I wanted to do jazz, so so. I would say probably a little bit more of a Coltrane, Mm -hmm. but when I got to college, um, I was on a full scholarship for music, and um, my teacher only wanted me to do classical music, and I wanted to learn jazz, and uh, it was a constant struggle, and I just felt like I was putting in so much work at this, and I wasn't getting anything out of it. And then after three years or so in my psychology class, we started watching a whole bunch of really crazy movies that kind of helped shift my perspectives towards- Which ones
1: specifically?
0: Uh, Clockwork Orange, Memento, Fight Club, um, a lot of movies I'd never seen before growing up in the church environment and atmosphere. And uh, they had me reevaluating a lot of my personal beliefs and ideas. What was the question that those movies brought up? Um. well the teacher was the in my psychology class was a huge preface for it because the first day of class it was a one of those mass classes uh like lecture hall classes yeah. so there was like 500 people in it and uh so he he comes up in front of the class and he, he says you know everyone here regardless of whether they realize it or not is here as a result of of other people's um decisions and wants and desires and not of your own mm. um and there will be a point in your life in which you'll realize what your wants and what your needs are what your interests are and who you are as a person and hopefully that happens sooner than later oh, in wow. your life um, like
1: wisdom right yeah. like
0: this we work so much like way over all of our heads, think. sure right? yeah like, way over all of our heads i think and, uh, so we got into it and it was just, it was just the, you know, it was the, 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 the catalyst at the perfect time in my life in which I needed it the most, you well, know? two
1: things, right? Like as an educator, it's so disappointing to hear the fact that, right, you go because you have this love of this, but then the the instructor decides to live out their dreams through the student, right? Sure. so you don't get to really pursue your passion, but then it is time to step yeah. back, right? So you have this awakening. So then what happens?
0: Uh, I really started to absorb a lot of the stuff talking about in the class and and uh, kind of like that Pavlonian response of you know stimulus and response and realized how I really fit into that, how a lot of my everyday and the things that I thought and believed were really just responses from things that I had been taught. And I had never really actually asked the questions as far as what it is that I like, need, think, feel. And uh, so I started digesting a lot of that and and started doing a lot of that thinking. And when they played Fight Club, there was a lot of, I really resonated with that kind of uh, anti-authoritarian message of... Being a little on the fringe, being a little bit of that black sheep and outside of um, the everyday that most people probably would um, be like average life, real life. Yeah. And, and seeing maybe a little bit of that um, that uh, false mirror yeah, yeah, yeah. aspect of it. And uh, so I stopped going to class, um, all my classes, and I started trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted. And I figured out that I wanted to do audio recording and I wanted to get into music in the studio sense of it. Right. And so I dropped out, I sold my saxophone and I bought a computer and a Pro Tools rig and started teaching myself how to record. I enrolled in uh, Valencia East Community College into their audio recording program and uh, started really getting into that. And that set forth uh, a series of dominoes in which I met people that encouraged, I, I, I was inspired and in, in, in exposed to certain kinds of music that I had never heard before that I, that really took me to the next step, um, uh, introduced to people that really helped take me to the next step. And before I knew it, I had never really been a vocalist. I was always an instrumentalist. And then I was writing and I was performing and I was making my own music. And how and, old?
1: how old were you then?
0: I was in my early twenties.
1: Okay. What and you had family that probably responded to this.
0: Yeah. Not well. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't have a relationship with my family. Oh. Okay. So it's it's not really that much of a sore point, but the I found that the further I was away from what they had already kind of set out Planned and laid you? out for me, uh, the least interested they were to be a part of anything that wasn't within those chips. Wow. So once I completely removed myself from that timeline or that, that storyboard that they had created, uh, then it basically the relationship dwindled down to zero.
1: What have been the biggest moments for you in this journey?
0: I was very introverted. And a lot of people find that really hard to believe anyone who's met me and yes. had a conversation Gets with big me. Big ideas, right? Um, is that I d- couldn't talk to people and I had really a, a tough time uh, expressing myself to people. So I was working with a gentleman named Swamberger, who was my mentor and producer. And uh, so we were making music together, and he is a born and bred entrepreneur. And so even before I started doing live shows, he tells me, okay, we're going to make the CD. We're going to have them, you know, print it up and we're going to do the the album covers at Kinko's and we're going to put together all the CDs, super DIY. Then we're going to go out on the street, downtown Orlando, and we are going to go up and we're going to talk to people and get them to buy the album, right?
1: (laughs) And you're like,
0: we are? (laughs) And so I am like shaking um i'm so nervous and so
1: this is kind of like sharing jesus on the corner right but now you're just sharing your it music is. <laughs> I,
0: but i think with 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 the jesus thing that there is a script
1: okay know? yeah with your own music it's like what do i say
0: it's very it's it's you know with the with the if you want to call it the quotation the jesus thing there is a script in which they are going to ask you certain questions. You're going to have certain responses. <laughs>
1: okay, you know, so like, take me to the corner. What happened?
0: Uh, so I'm walking up to strangers, and you know these are people. They're having you know having their drinks. They're hanging out. They're listening to music. They're doing their thing, whatever. And you walk up, and you're like, you know, "Hi, my name is Skip, um, and I'm a musician." And um, you're like, you know, I have "What? This I can't hear you." CD, your sound. and they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "I have a I have a CD." Uh, and I, I wanted to know if you wanted to buy one. And they're like, you know, get out of here, you know? And I've had people spit on me. I've had people take my CDs and throw them, or throw them in the garbage, um, hold tables of people, laugh at me. And uh, for someone who is introverted, that's not the, the greatest response and reward that yeah. isn't encouraging for someone opening up and so i'd go into the bars downtown orlando and i'd go into the bathroom where i'd shut the stall and i would cry like for 10-15 minutes yeah and then i would pull myself together
1: i'm there with you man i can feel and
0: you know like you know this is what i chose this is my this is my decision i'm here as a result of a choice that i made no one else put me here and i have to go back out and i have to keep trying and after days and weeks and months and even years, the consistency um, affected people, and people would be like, "You know what? I see you out here every night. Um, you don't." How long did you do that? For years. Years. For You were years. out selling it on the street, and that was my main source of income was was selling those CDs and doing shows and selling them at shows and. For how long? For, for all the way up until probably 2012 is How when many I left years music. That? About 10 years.
1: So, for 10 years, you supported yourself by live gigs and selling
0: CDs on the street. Yeah.
1: You are definitely a star.
0: Thank you. I'm a, I grew what a very thick skin, uh, thick skin and sharp teeth. And then a friend of mine, uh, he was like, hey, you know, you have this really cool visual perspective, even with your music. Um, there's this art show we're doing. It would be awesome if you tried to paint something. And uh, so I did. And it was this um, portrait of, of someone. And I did it all with layered stencils and spray paint. And I, 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 I'm very attracted to uh, clean lines, no overspray or drips or anything like that. And so I did this piece and hung it, and everyone just kind of walked past it, like one after another, after another. Like everyone would like stop and look at this piece, stop and look at this piece, walk past my piece, and then look at another piece. And all of the pieces in this art show were all stencils. They were all supposed to be stencils and spray paint. And so I got to the end of it, and I'm like, you know what? This just really sucks.
1: I need to go back to the bathroom and cry.
0: No, I didn't do that. I was past that stage, but I was kind of pissed and I'm like, you know, what's going on? Like I put all this work into this. I think this thing is badass, but like everyone just walking past it and everyone's like, wait a second, that's stencils and spray paint. I thought that was screen printed and I'm like, no, this is all hand cut stencils and spray paint. And then everyone was like, wow, you know, and they're like, that's really good. You should do more of that. And that led into doing... Now, was that loop. at
1: like year 10 or where did that start?
0: That was about at my nine year, I think. And
1: This is so important for people to hear. Like, you know, it's really easy to see now that you've got a show. Sure.
0: Right? It's like... In retrospect, it's, it's weird because it's like a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people only know about me, for instance about what it is that they they've personally experienced so the fact that like for the first 20 years of my life i was a bible thumping southern baptist you know like that's weird or the fact that i was like a saxophone player all the way through college and first chair at ucf orchestra that was my passion that's weird and life dream. and had no interest at all that i might even pick up like a paintbrush or do anything in the art world ever. That's kind of weird from what most people know about me now. And- uh, What was
1: the next big thing that happened on your journey?
0: um, The art crew that I'm a part of, called B-Side Artist, we had an opportunity to go into a, 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 it's like a street wear, street culture kind of clothing store that was around at the time called Death by Pop. And we had an opportunity to go in and pay half of the rent take half of the store and be able to put all our paintings up and our, you know, art t-shirts Your and merchandise storefront. and stuff like that. Exactly. So we were like, awesome. So we got together 20 something of us and, you know, everyone kind of split the half of the rent, and then set up everything in there. We were in. And then, uh, one of the, the chief members, Swamberger, he went on tour with his music group. So he was in Europe. So he was out of the picture. And then the owner that we came in with, she's like, Sorry guys, I can't do this anymore. I gotta go. You can figure it out if you want to, or not for oh, so me, you
1: gotta come up with the whole rant. You
0: gotta figure it out. Okay. So I conversed with him over email, Swamberger, and he's like, Well, you know, you either have to take on the responsibility or don't, but you know, you gotta figure it out because I can't really be a part of it. And uh, so I was like, All right, well you know, I'm gonna do this. You know, I've never done this before. I've never owned a business before, you know, never been in this leadership management role before, but I'm going to do it the best that I can and I'm gonna learn as I go along. So I came up with a, a business plan and a business proposal. We were going to take over the whole space we were going to meet with the landlord to give them this business proposal, try and work out something with the rent, and then we were also going to rent it as an event space and have yoga in there, have a school in there, have community paint Multiple in there. Multiple revenue And trees. just really just try and bring attention towards it as an art spot. The landlord loved it. He gave us half off our rent um, and said, you know, you guys can stay as long as you want. And at that time, the amount of we were paying for rent compared to what everyone else in that same area was paying was we were getting a very 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 sweet deal. So I just went I lived there. I would only go home like once a week.
1: No, I, I can see you. Like I slept I'm not on the, on the, the sidewalks there. with my CDs anymore. I'm here now.
0: I was the only employee we couldn't afford to hire anybody. I didn't couldn't even afford to pay myself. So I was there all day, every day. I was the guy from open to close that was there. I was the promoter. I was creating all of the graphics and doing everything, selling everything from everybody for everybody. And uh, we did it as a pop up, and we were there for four months. We threw some amazing parties. It was a really, really great uh, environment in space. Um, but then we ended up closing it down because I just couldn't pay my rent anymore. You know, like I was.
1: What was the takeaway from that?
0: The takeaway was is that. I am the kind of person that once I put my mind to something, I am like a a pit bull that you can't change my mind. And if I have to stay up for a week solid without any sleep, if I have to not eat for three days, if I have to, you know, like everyone has got a buffer. They have a savings account, you know, in their life. And for me, like I will panhandle my passions there is no backup plan for me there is there's with all of the things that I'm good at I have no degrees I have no formal education I have no like oh I could just throw all this stuff on a resume and go get a job you know like this is the only thing that makes me happy as a person and if it's me running full stop into a brick wall over and over and over again until I break through the brick wall I'm going to do that broken bones and bloody or not like there is absolutely nothing that you can put in front of me that I'm not going to go through and that's exactly what I feel like my life has been over and over and over over where you're at exactly
1: what's your definition of success for you
0: me being able to do the same exact things that I do already to a larger audience and not have to scrap so hard each month for bills. Um, That's my level of success. So it sounds minimal, but I mean, really, I've already, like, I think most people spend money, they go to jobs, they, they rack up their credit cards in, in hopes to find happiness, in hopes to find their thing. I already have that. So, like, I'm saving so much money every moment of every day, because I'm not searching for anything. Mm. So all I'm doing is finding ways to survive in a world that's based around dollars. So I'm trying to find a way to be me, to create the things that I'm creating, but also attaching value and dollar signs behind things so that I can get to the next level and the next level and the next level, because what it is that i found with whether it's the music industry, whether it's the art industry, or whether it's the film industry, you have to have money to make money, you have to have money for materials, you have to have budget for promotions and getting yourself out there. Any person that you see out in the world who is successful has someone behind them with a checkbook. And either you have those friends or those family members that are doing that for you, or you have to create your own revenue stream. And that's what it is that I do every day of, finding the balance between being an entrepreneur being a workhorse and being a creator at the same time so
1: how would you describe your why what's the core thing that turns you on so much about this space you're in
0: it's not really overly conceptual it's it's knowledge of self like the um, this the is matrix where i know
1: myself the best matrix when where I'm she uh,
0: exactly well the matrix where it says know thyself over the doorway you know that took a long time.
1: So your why is to...
0: To be myself.
1: And what would you say to the person that feels like they're still stuck? Like they're not getting to live as much of who they are and what, they're, what really turns them on? I,
0: I feel like safety nets are hazardous and toxic. Um, and I feel that a lot of people who... First of all, I would say that a lot of people are trying to live out wants and dreams that they've seen someone else have and they're like, I like that I want to do that but that doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are Mm. because for every one A-list actor in Hollywood there's a thousand people ten thousand people as you know, people who do hair and makeup, people who do CGI on computers, people who run cords and cables and cameras, and people who go and get coffee, you know, and you just have to find what it is that you're really great at and what you're passionate at and what fulfills you, not necessarily trying to do what that person's doing where you see some kind of a spark and something else. Is
1: there a shortcut to know thyself?
0: Um... I would say there's probably not a shortcut, but I would say that there is. A, a, um, it is possible to have maybe more of a difficult set path in that. Um, I think if you grew up with a family or people around you that is very encouraging of individuality and, and being your own self or, or expressing yourself in certain ways, um, then I would say maybe it's maybe it's a little easier maybe it'll be a little less tumultuous or violent to explore and to to figure that out not necessarily that you will any sooner than anyone else but maybe maybe you have a little bit more accessibility to it um but at the other end of it you know like if it's if it's you know too easy for you maybe you won't have the amount of respect for it or the amount of passion for it, the amount of drive for it you know i mean we're an immigrant built country as the people who had the least of, like, a set path of, like, well, all you got to do is just do this, 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 and this, and you're going to be set. You know, like, they're the fighters. Right. And I find that, you know, I grew up very, very poor, very without. I've never been in a situation where I really had money, you know. Um, I wouldn't even know what that would be like to have that. So every day, like, my whole life, every year that's gone by has always been a struggle of survival. Um, And I always... I always try and hide that in we, my art because when I present my art it, right? well like, or, I don't or. hide it in, in in a personal sense but when I show my art it's clean it's perfect it's exactly the way it is it's not guys I'm just doing the best I can you know there is no there is no narrative with what it is that I do of listen guys I'm just I'm just softballing it here. I'm just doing the best I can. This is all I can afford. It's all I can afford. I will stay up. I will stay up. I will work the extra job. I will do the extra whatever. I will hustle. I will panhandle. I will trade. I will do whatever it is that I can. We
1: believe you. We do. And
0: I will get... I will stay up extra to put the extra production value into it. You know, like, I will do whatever is necessary in order to make sure that at the end of the day, when you're standing in front of what it is that I'm creating, you don't see, like shortcuts and you don't see the oh well. I just I when people look at my show the like the previews and stuff that I've done and I tell them that I did it I did this show for this budget they're like wow I would not have thought that at all you know when I when I show people what it is that I do with art that's the main thing of the reason why I created the TV show initially was I wanted to show people the method the how when people see how from I make my
1: art to the finish of an installation, they feel or an so event. much
0: more connected to it yeah. because they see the process in it, and they're like, "Wow, I had no idea that that went into that." Because I, what I learned from that first art show was, is that when you show something that is is perfect and has clean lines and looks like it could have been done on a computer, it looks like it could have been done in a machine, people lose respect for it because they don't see you know the, story. The, the story behind it. So if
1: you were putting your life thesis in a mantra or a line, what would it be?
0: Um, I'd say figure out who you are and then get to doing it. Mm. Because just like with the the psychology teacher that I had, I think it's tragic um, when you are 70 years old and you finally figure out, you know, who you are, your personality, your sexuality, your, your interests and passions and stuff. And, you know, I feel fortunate despite the fact that I had a lot of uh, violent changes, lots of 180s, lots of like being wholeheartedly this and then figuring out that that wasn't right then or at least at the time that I changed to and having to make that hard switch. On, all, on the decisions that, that I found to be wrong or they didn't work. So,
1: where do we find you online and across line? and?
0: Uh, well, you can find me on social media. It's at C-Skip, just like this: S-E-E-S-K-I-P.
1: like this. Hold up your hand. I see that you've got a nice tattoo here. Yeah. Like, where's the tattoo? Right there? C-Skip. Okay, C-Skip. That's where we find you.
0: Uh, for social media. And then stillskip.com is my website. Okay. And uh, on store and stuff. Uh, and then. The other place where you can find my TV show. Yeah,
1: your new TV show. Where do we find that?
0: That'll be on secondsubject.com.
1: The thing that I cannot get out of my brain, and I'm, we're going to end this conversation on, is the question to our, everyone today we're going to ask is, are are you willing to panhandle yeah. for what is truest about yourself and what makes you your heart sing and what makes you come alive? Sure. And... And... Be that courageous, because your life will grow into this beautiful thing that might look very, very different.
0: Yeah, and then before you know it, you're doing art and have a TV show, and you never would have thought that you and you're had a dear that. rock star. Yeah, thank ma'am. you for your time. Thank you for having me.
1: Location and accommodations provided by the Gallery at Nose Park.